wow, what a match. <laughs> Anyone, anyone's heart rate down to a, a resting level yet? No, you reckon you can be pissed off and pleased in the same sentence? I was gutted at the end, and I, and I shouldn't have been, because at the end, end of the day, we went toe-to-toe with a championship club, and we really matched them. And at the end, they were absolutely out on their feet because they know they'd had a battle. And for me to be gutted that a non-league side hadn't put them to the sword, is just it's just a bit... It doesn't, it doesn't sit right, but... But that's how we were. I mean, after the after the initial sort of shock of losing a goal and then our two main centre halves, we we I think we were brilliant. Hmm. Yeah. How did it come across on the telly? Oh, amazing! I was, I mean, I was incredibly jealous. The sound was amazing. You could see the players bouncing off it. What was the atmosphere like for you, Tim? It was without doubt one of the best, one of the best I've ever witnessed in my time. Support the club, so it's a long time. Oh, when you married then? <laughs> it's been a while since you trotted that line out. <laughs> you know what? If I could marry it, I would marry it. Do you race course atmosphere take the Timothy? No, I don't think it's quite going to work. But it was just unbelievable. I mean, I got I got in there earlyish, and you could just feel it building, 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 and then. When the players warming up, everyone's just going berserk and getting right behind them from the off. And it was like proper, you know, the Sheffield United players then did their sort of drills and then just getting booed. It was just everything about it was special, like the everything from the start. And that 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 early goal, you know, people say, "Oh, get an early goal, silence the crowd." The crowd. Oh not, no, it didn't. Not didn't. today. Not no. today. If anything, it, it made it go up another few decibels. It was like okay. We've had a crap 10 minutes here. We're one down. We've lost two defenders. It's, I mean, it was going to take an effort. Now it's going to take something really special. And they rolled their sleeves up and played a Premier League side in waiting off the park for the majority of that game. If Carlsberg did Arsenal starts, then... It was up there for Arsenal starts. But, I mean, I think the crowd buzzed off the fact that they thought, you know what, we're not that much into trouble as, as, as I thought we might be. And they sensed it then. They sensed it and it was no surprise. That goal was coming on that goal was coming for ages. And it was just it was chaos. Every every goal that was scored was another level of noise and the mulling level of noise. If the cop hadn't been demolished, it would have come down at that moment in time. And we'll be discussing that moment that Mullin scored and the most arsehole of starts possible in the rest of Felis in Devotion. Royce on all to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast. So, the FA Cup, fourth round, final score, Wrexham three, Sheffield United three. Difficult to know where to start. Liam, where, where would you start? Uh, Jesus Christ, I've lost just lost another five years off my life, I think, after after watching that match. It's at, when What time did it finish? About seven-ish? I've already been through the ringer of all different emotions from... 
sort of somehow I got myself into a pit of negativity because all I could think about was fixture pileups and the two injuries at the start. And then now I'm just thinking, Christ, what a, what a game that was. What a game to be at. Yet again, we've just had an amazing, amazing game, amazing atmosphere. Um, and I guess you just got to take the positives and think how bloody we luck- lucky we are to be watching Wrexham um, at this time. That's all I can think about now because when every goal went in, the place just went absolutely insane. Yeah, the atmosphere seemed unbelievable. Let's let's start at the start, shall we? I mean, Andy described it as an arsehole of starts, and I think that's uh, pretty spot on. We lost Tunnicliffe and conceded a goal within a minute, 90 seconds, and he didn't look too good either going off. And then less than seven minutes later, probably our player of the season or certainly top three, Scores however many ridiculous amount of goals he scored from centre-back. Also goes off injured with what appeared to be a calf strain. Uh, I mean, I was I was punching my sofa at that point. Yes, it was the arsehole start. Um, it was everything you didn't want to happen in a neat little bow after seven minutes being shit on your doorstep. And there it was. Um and you thought, how can we recover for this? And you, I, I just thought 3-0. Absolutely, I just thought straight away, that's it. 3-0, I will go away. I will drive home from this game tomorrow and I will forget it ever happened. I will erase it from my memory. Wrexham, AFC under Phil Parkinson had other ideas. Fair play. They got themselves together. They absolutely regrouped. And towards the end of that half, I thought we were the best team. I mean... A lot of people have said about the referee and maybe he didn't give us the rubber of the green. Um, I actually thought towards the end of the, the first half. I mean, I, so, Rhys, you're nodding your head, but I'm, uh, it's only what I'm saying. It's all, I'm shaking my head. I think, I mean, I, I, know, I know what you're saying, but he was... He was... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think we can have that many complaints. The obvious one is the penalty. It was a definite handball um, and that, that stuck in the throat. So, which one is this, mate? Is this the second half one? This is the second half one. There, there was definitely no pen in the first half. Sorry, but there wasn't. I mean, I, I'm watching it. Okay, I'm watching it from... I don't have the benefit of replays. I also yeah. don't have the benefit of the fact I'm already six pints deep. So my objective side is has gone out the window a little bit. I, I'm more I'm more shouty gilping. Um, uh, and, you know, it doesn't matter about the decisions we did or didn't get. Did we dominate the last 10 minutes of that of that first half? Yes, we did. We were once we sort of got ourselves together and losing Tom O'Connor from that midfield and Carole back to the defense is a it should be a hammer blow. It should be a hammer blow, but it wasn't. And the three midfield lads absolutely got it together. Um, I thought James Jones had an absolutely brilliant game. Brilliant game, probably one of the best games I've seen him play. And we were taking it to a championship side. Now, this championship side have made five changes. And you could sort of say, well, you know, you know, oh, they're a bit of a weekend, aren't they? No, this this side have got a Premier League squad. They are the championship equivalent of our non-league structure. They've got someone who can pu- come in on every position and they are pretty well drilled they know exactly the formation they're going to play they know how they're going to play it and we didn't just go toe to toe to them 
we absolutely put them on the back foot. Wow. Well yeah. done. Brilliant. Tim, we, Andy talked about James Jones there. We'll come on to more of the sort of individual performances. But first of all, you know, as gutting as it was to lose Tunnicliff and Hayden, what a boost for that squad. And I would even argue a negative for the Notts County sort of team, Chesterfield squad, watching that, thinking, Christ, these lads are still quality without Hayden and Tunnicliff. We played really well, didn't we? Yeah. And you kind of, naturally, you do feel fear the worst a little bit because of how important those players have been. We all know the importance of Hayden. You know, if he plays the last season to the end, does it is it a different outcome in terms of promotion and the FA Trophy, potentially? Tunnicliffe had to wait. There was a 16, 17 games he had to wait before he came into the squad and he's been irreplaceable since. So it was always naturally to fear the worst, but yeah, we we keep going on about it, don't we? Strength and depth and, and, and what we've got this season is what we lacked last season. It's just unbelievable. I mean, this if you take away with the greatest respect to Dowelby, you can probably look through that score and go, you know what, there's two players for each position that are probably just as good as each other. And that is the way you have to look at it. You know, I think, I just think we've got an abundance of talent at our disposal now. And the good thing is, and Park has alluded to this, the ones that don't play, don't kick up a fuss. They're, 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 they're official cheerleaders for the squad. It's like they will jump at them. They will tell them, keep going. They would have all been in that dressing room at half time. And they would have said, you, you, you can get something from this because we, we really do have it in our locker to get something out of it. And I, I just think, you know, the other the teams watching, there would have been a lot, a lot of Notts County fans, a lot of Chesterfield fans watching that and going, They've they've got the edge, and I think we have. You could see that the squad is unbelievably mentally strong, can't you? The other thing that stood out to me was, you know, you've had to make make two subs, forced ones, you know, who've got to now play essentially ninety minutes. So we've really had one tactical substitution to make in that match. The those lads have played ninety minutes, hundred minutes of football, flat out the whole time, and were absolutely. Superb, you know. Sheffield had the benefit of being able to make some tactical subs, and yet we still remained on top throughout the game. I thought. I mean, yeah, you're right there. I think you can make five subs in the FA Cup, so I, I don't want to. I don't think you can. I think you can make seven, but four, but only an, if there's, you can only do more than three if it's extra time. That was my understanding. Uh, okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah. All right, um, might be well, wrong. Welcome to Fairness and Devotion, where none of us know. <laughs> you know what? The only reason I know that is because I had that in this exact chat when I was watching the match, and I googled it. But I'm going to google it again now because I'm I'm paranoid that I'm wrong. So carry on, Andy. Carry on. I've just had my ass ripped from me uh, from Reese. Uh, tell, tell us about indivi- individual performances. Mark Howard, what a save early on. Yeah. Okay. Um, he he did, and he was great. Actually, I thought he was. He probably had one of his best games for us. I don't know. I mean, at the end, I was level with him when the uh, when the corner came in, and part of me was just shouting at him, "Come on, my AB, grab it!" You know, just you just wanted that keeper to come out and absolutely dominate the box, and I, I'm not sure he did. But there again, you know, the defenders know what they've got with Mark Howard. They know his strengths and they know his weaknesses. And you know he wouldn't be in the in in the conference if if he didn't have weaknesses. So sometimes he does stay at home, and I'm not going to blame him for that because he did some 
blinding saves before that, which kept us in the game. So, no blame to Mark some, Howard. Put some respect on uh, Mark Howard's name, just because I think the, the good outweighed the bad in that match for me. There was a few decent, decent snapshots they had where he did, pulled off some really good saves. Um, went on a on a mazy midfield run at one point, I think, during the first half, which, uh, yeah. And, oh, and he yeah. also did one of their strikers when they were running towards him, did a little turn and thought, who's this with the fancy footwork? Um, I, did, I, I didn't think how he was going to get to that at first. When he <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Like, what is he doing? Uh, but it should also be noted at this point that Andy Gilpin does have a tattoo of Rod Mason on his ass, and he's currently in the throes of getting a Kai Calderbank park on, on his right cheek. That's why he's not a master supporter, Mark Howard. Andy, I'm not sure if you've seen the, any replays yet, but that the, the save that Howard made that was sort of a snapshot low down, look, was quality. Like, it took a deflection. It was really low. It was a stinging shot. And, you know, on another day, easy doesn't get his hand down to that. It was, yeah, I, no, I, I, I'm not sure Rob Lincoln saves it. I'm not, I'm not against Mark Howard. I, I will <laughs> why do you hate him? <laughs> well, I mean, he's done brilliant for us for the last... For the last few months, he had a, he had a bad start, and a lot of people were getting on his back. And I, I still sort of think that sometimes a keeper, when it comes to a, a new club, if they start badly, it's very very hard for them to get up back. All right, remember Scott Shearer came in with a great pedigree, started badly for us, absolute dog. You know, had to had to leave. He was that bad. Mark Howard has come in, started poorly, but my God, has he turned that round? You cannot argue. With the amount of the amount of clean sheets that guy has done in the last three months, and today, you know, I can't argue with his performance at all. Some, you know, if you say that's a, that snapshot was brilliant, then I'll take that. And I can't really hang my hat and say he should have grabbed that corner because at the end of the day, it was swinging away from him. He'd have to be bloody go go gadget to 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 get near it. So. This is not me slagging that guy off. He did really well today. Fans okay, of a young persuasion, um, please go and Google Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> Any other shouts for individual performances? Mullin. Ford did well. Yeah, we keep saying it, don't we? But I, I, can't, I think, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Lineker, Gary Lineker said before the game that oh, he's interested to see what Mullin's all about. He's, I think he was quoted as saying, you don't quite get the same feel for a player yeah. on the tally as you do in the yeah. yeah, and I think I think Mullin today um, it was it was an all action display. It was probably arguably one of his best performances ever in a Rex and shoot, and he sets the bar high, doesn't he? So he was all over it today. Absolutely, I, I'd love to know the stats from today's game, like in terms of distances covered, but he was just a pain in the ass. Constant. You're right, Tim. Tim, I actually thought um, I thought it was probably one of his best games for Wrexham. Just complete all round stuff. Like the way he was turned. You know, he's very good. He's very clever. He's able to to sort of negotiate his body around a defender and make it look like it's a foul if he's not going to get past it him. And if he does get past him, he gets past him. He looked quick today. He looked he looked rapid. He looked he looked you know he looked. Like a guy who would run down everything, he he just looked probably the most complete striker I've seen at the race course for twenty years. I think also, I mean, the thing for me, I mean, just completely setting aside what happens on the pitch is just how classy he is off it as well. There was a picture by one of the club photographers of him 
walking on the pitch with a mascot wearing ear defenders and mulling wore them as well to make them feel comfortable. Um, and it just makes you think just, you know, how lucky we are to have that guy. There was also, you know, paying tribute to his son as well with the boots, just little things like that. I think he is becoming an all-time favourite for me. Well, one of them, certainly, at least, just the way he, he conducts himself on and off the pitch. I mean, Palmer was a nuisance again tonight, wasn't he? Um, you know, not that was as Palmer That was yeah, Palmer He wasn't as in the mix um, as Mullin was, just wasn't as busy. But I think, as you say, he's a he's a great foil for him and he, and he really sort of causes lots of those problems. Actually, going back to Mullin, one thing that actually stood out to me tonight, my, uh, my granddad said he was watching it and he said um, how good he was in the air. Like, I, I think he won every header that went up. He seemed to be, you know, a lot of long balls going up and he's incredibly good in the air. And even if he doesn't win it, he disrupts it enough and the ball falls down at Elliot Lee's feet and we're off. You know, he's, he, he, he's, his all-round game is just phenomenal. Yeah. No, he is. He, I mean, again, I mean, you run out of superlatives and every time you you look at him, you you pick up another part of his game that you didn't really see before. And I just thought he brought every part of that game together today. He was he was so good. I mean, I, I, you don't really... How can you praise a guy who has done so much for you and not only scored goals, but really sort of ingrained himself into the community of your club? And you can't say his praises highly enough. Paul Mullin is one of us. He's one, you know, uh, he is our super Paul Mullin. Oh my God, I feel terrible saying that but you know what I mean if you love him so much why don't you marry him uh, I think he's already got a wife but you know if if we're if we're in Utah I would I would happily be (laughs) me me and my good lady atmosphere will be your witnesses (laughs) Um, Sheffield United well obviously their fans will be incredibly disappointed um, with that performance, I mean, you know, we could we could debate to the cows come home how much was down to us, sort of pressing and and sort of getting it, um, sort of shoving it up them for want of a better phrase uh, as an at an away ground uh, in the non league, um, but they did show, didn't they? When they wanted to, when when they got a chance to turn it on, they had dangerous players, didn't they? I said, I said earlier on that the big difference for me, which stood out today, similar similar to sort of Coventry was. You don't get time on the ball against teams from the championship. It's kind of like a, a use it or lose it environment. And that's why a lot of the passing was short and snappy and triangles and stuff. And it was just, you had to do it because they, they were just breathing down your necks all the time. And it got to that point where I think, right, we've got to fight fire with fire. We can't, can't be waiting to try and pick up second balls and stuff. We've got to win the first ball and then try and pass it through, which is what we did or what we tried to do. So... Yeah, one thing I, I definitely noticed was was that, like just a lack of time on the ball. And clearly they're a very good team. They're a very good team. Uh, I just it just sucks that we got undone from a couple of set pieces. And yeah, I mean that that's that's the only sort of sticking point for me. But yeah, good team made to look distinctly average by a very good team. Um I, I, I've got a sticking point. John Egan, what are you doing, pal? Yeah. I mean You've just equalised against a non-league club. Do not run across the uh, the Yale stand w- with some sort of. Oh, I mean, what was it like a phone sort of? No, no, no. It was no. He was capping his years, mate. Yeah, he was I, I thought that was a signal to say, "Where are you, Sheffield United fans?" Because I haven't heard you for ninety minutes. 
Have we been absolutely ripping Sheffield United, their players and their fans? No, we've just been getting behind our own club really, really well. So don't take the piss out of us by doing that because you've just managed to scrape a draw against a non-league side. Egan, get the f*** out. And Andy would love it if he would love it if we went there and won. Absolutely <laughs> love it. But it's Kevin Keegan Perman's home. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Tom will, Tom will come and have a word with him. I think they're both from sort of Republic of Ireland set up. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take on any car in Bramall Lane which has the, the uh, number plate EGN. Can you can you please <laughs> stop swearing? You know it. Just... So so whilst the match is on, what, who's that strange man in the car park? With a torch looking at every car registration plate, <laughs> looking for EGN. That'll be Mr. Gilpin. Okay, so that's the game. The after effect of it is that we are two centre backs down. It looks almost certain that neither will be available next week, really, possibly longer. Uh, possibly the whole season. Who knows? Uh, Andy, do we need to sign a centre-back pretty sharpish? Yes, yes and yes. The way that uh, Hayden went down, um, he reminded me of Weymouth away, uh, where I was watching him do that. And he went for a ball, didn't get it, fell on his feet and was just lying on the ground, like rubbing his, rubbing his thigh and then got up, tried to carry on, did the same again. That guy was out for two months. That was the key two months of the, the season, right? You know, that was that was where we managed to, like, just grab the jaws of defeat from victory. And so, yeah, we definitely need, we, we need a centre-half. I would say that I would love Max to come in. And I only think we need one. And I actually think we probably do should, should do this on loan. Because what's the point of coming in and bringing in another centre-half on a three-year deal, which is what you need to get them down to this level? Let's bring someone in on loan, right? We've not used the loan system at all. But even like players sitting at, I don't know, Leicester or, or like Norwich would, would, you know, players just below the first team and think, I don't want to go down to the conference. They would have watched that today and gone, I want to go to Wrexham. I want to play in front of 10,000 people and I want to be successful. I want to play in the FA Cup. You know, let's, let's bring someone in on loan. Let's do, let's do it that way. Let's bring someone in from the Premier League and I want them in on loan and a right-sided centre-half. I think Lennon and Max can do the, left, the left-hand side. Um, my problem with Lennon is I felt a bit sorry for him today because he wasn't brought on, but... I still don't think Parky trusts him to play an 80-90 minute game and it was a little bit too early for him. And I also don't think Parky trusts him to play Saturday, Tuesday. So I think really and truly you need another body in. And also we don't want to have to waste Tom O'Connor in defence because as great as he played today, he the, the, what's revolutionised our, our play so much is that he's been that anchor in midfield. So you know, we need him back in midfield. On another note, everyone at home, get your Fearless and Devotion bingo cards out. Uh, Pacey Striker up front. Slightly, you know, Dalby was fine in the end, but when Dalby sort of looked like he was going down, I remember thinking, oh God, we also now definitely need to sign a striker. Do you think that's changed after today or is it sort of maybe the loan market for a, for a young striker? Two words, Kabongo Shamanga. 
You think we should be going in big money for Kumanga? <sighs> I just, I just don't think we can leave anything to chance. I mean, tonight, like I said, I went through that worrying phase of like, oh Jesus, you know, two defenders out. And I just think, would you want to get to the end of the season and say we didn't really go for it? And there's been quotes in the press from um, you know the Chesterfield side of things. I think over the weekend saying that looks like he's on his way out. It's just up to you know other teams to meet whatever his release clause is. And maybe maybe I'm just being greedy. I mean, I don't want think we should upset the apple cart. But could you imagine? bring a player like that on after uh, 70 minutes. I mean, I don't know if he'd be happy <laughs> doing that, but what a lovely luxury it would be to have. Um, but like I say, maybe I'm just greedy. Tim, what do you think? Uh, I don't think we've got any chance against Sushimanga. I would rather, and it rhymes with it, but I'd rather Kabamba and Barnet not to the hat trick against um, Chesterfield the other day um, and, and doesn't have any injury woes. The, the the feeling is Tushimanga is not quite the same player he was prior to that injury, um, but he's still not been not really fully up to speed yet. So it's going to take him a bit bit of time, I think. But I, I think we do need to get a striker. As much as I think Dalby's decent, I think Bickerstaff is decent. Bickerstaff is where kind of uh, Max Cleworth was the season before last. He's kind of you know he's going to be one that's going to come for us, but not at this moment in time. Not with so much riding on it. So I think we do need something. Um, just to just to have that wealth of options, as I mentioned before, that you got a cannon sort of twiddling his thumbs on a bench, a championship style player who hasn't really had a look in yet. Um, I think it, that look in may come come sooner rather than later if 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 we don't get anybody in and Tom kind of has to stay at the back, then that opens the door for Cannon. But then are we slightly then lighter midfield? So. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be moves now. There there has to be moves. It's as simple as that. We can't. We're in a position where we can strengthen. It's just, and I, I would assume that Parky's clever enough to have said, right, if this goes wrong, then this is who we need. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes in. But yeah, wouldn't it be great to just go and whack in a a bid for Rodriguez or Dallas and Sparrow over at Solomon's? Um, that'd be mm. good. I'd take those two. As a pair, there you yeah. go. Well, of course, we can only focus on uh, our own games, but I'd imagine the eyes of lots of us will be at uh, Solihull Moors on Tuesday night. Um, Notts County with a chance to to go top um, with any kind of result, really. But any kind of points dropped, I think, in these next two games for them would be massive for us. Oh, even I if they, that. if they that. only get four points from these next two, then I think that psychologically is massive. Um, yeah. Andy, should we do predictions? Uh, right, so who we got? We got Altrincham away. Do you know what? I actually think we're going to bring some players in before that. Do you know who I want? I, I'm going to do it through the medium of song. Tim knows it. Who is it? This is the point where Reese has to sort of shoehorn the actual Dallas theme tune. To what Andy's just done. Right. I'll do it as the outro. We'll do it as the outro to the podcast. Let's buy Dallas on Wednesday. A victorious right. Andrew Dallas on Wednesday. Exactly the play we need. A pacey little bugger who, uh, you know, I, 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 I'd actually think that 
Solihull probably can't get promoted this season. He's out of contract at the end of the season. Let's actually put a cheeky bid in for him and let's get a player who actually gives us something we don't have. Before we put, before we go to the predictions, we don't have anyone on this podcast have any intel, Andy, Tim, you're often men with your noses to the ground. Nothing we know. We've got nothing to share, it's listeners. It's hard to pick a. It's hard to pick a Wrexham transfer now, isn't it? It really is. They've the the, the yeah. ship, the the all the holes have been covered. So it's uh... There's a lot of people in a lot of yeah covering up this information. <laughs> yeah, and it's well covered. If it stops being well covered, ladies and gentlemen, we will of course share that with you. But Andy, let's do predictions. Right. So we got Altrincham, and then we probably got Sheffield uh, United on the Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do, we'll do predictions for that next week or then, but if we're not, let's do predictions now. And I'm going to go first for once. All right, Altrincham. I think we're going to bring someone in. I'd love it to be Dallas. I don't think it probably will be Dallas, but I think we are going to bring in a centre half on loan, and I think that will keep the good momentum that we've got at the moment. We look pretty. Oh, I hate to say this. I'm a Wrexham fan. I hate to say this, but we look pretty unbeatable at the moment I mean is that okay for me to say but you said it now no we just find a way not to get beat all right and it doesn't matter if it's a championship side it doesn't matter if it's a non-league side it doesn't matter if it's Blythe Spartans we can give you like a a couple of goals start and we'll still get back on you all right so I think we're not going to lose at Altrincham I think it's going to be 2-1 and I do think we'll lose at Sheffield United I think we lost our chance and I think it'll be 3-1 there. Tim? I'm going to go with a sketchy, squeaky bum kind of 2-1 win at Altrincham. And I think we'll have Andy's uh, much-vaunted, glorious defeat at Bramall Lane going down. Yeah, 3-1. I don't know why. I'm just being uber negative after that. So, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for, for a 2-1 win at Altrincham. 2-1 defeat at Sheffield United, but I really hope I'm wrong on that one. Reese, Yes, yeah, so Altrincham lost their last two. Just just saw online as well that one of their star players has returned to Fleetwood Town. He was at Altrincham hey. and was Chris Conclark was spectacular for them, apparently. Yeah, he was really so, good. Really good again. That's good news. I mean, it's on the telly again, isn't it? BT Sports. So, um We've had a good record on the telly this year. I mean, we just got a good record this year, to be fair. So I'm just, I'll just i say uh, Wrexham 2, Altrincham 0 over there. Sheffield United, the exact reverse. I think we'll lose 2-0. And, and I think Parky might even rest a couple of players up there. Wow. Well, we've got... I wonder whether he'll do the same as Coventry. We'll have a game four days later. You know, this this today, he had the benefit of a six-day turnaround. We don't have a Tuesday night game. Doesn't have that luxury next week. I wonder whether Mullin starts on the bench. I wonder whether Dol- Dolby starts. I wonder whether Cannon comes on, or I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Liam, what do you think? I'm going to go for 1-0 away at Altrincham. Slightly tight affair, bit of a hangover from the big occasion, but we'll do enough. Um, lose 4-2 to Sheffield United. Um, yeah. Okay. And on that wonderfully positive note, everyone, thanks for listening. Yeah, we all think we're going to lose, but what a great night it was. Oh, 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 oh. can I just say one thing? Um, I had my pre-match meal at the Fat Boy. It was brilliant. I, I still don't feel like I need to eat now. And that was around about half 12. 
Fantastic. What board did you have? What board did you eat? What board? Mm. I didn't eat a ball. Oh. But I didn't serve ball. <laughs> I, I think we should get like a, a semi-sozzled uh, Andy Gilpin on the pod every week because the eyes, <laughs> the eyes tell I, it I've all. Been, I've been with bootlegging <laughs> for too long. It's all in the snow. <laughs> Andy's ready for bed. We're not far off being ready for bed. What a great night to be a Wrexham fan. Let's hope that Hayden and Tunnicliffe aren't too badly injured. Uh, best wishes to them. Thanks, as ever, for listening. No star. Cheers. Cue, cue the Dallas music. Goodbye. <laughs> you don't even need it now. <laughs>